All right, you guys, here we go, and welcome back to yet again another episode of the Motivation Magnets. Today is Tuesday, September 15th. I'm literally recording this at 11.30 at night on Monday before it, uh, so it's something. We're grinding. We love the grind, right? We love the grind. That's what we're here for. We work hard no matter what. We don't sleep. We don't need sleep. We'll sleep when we're dead. We're rolling. Every single day, this episode, this show will come out on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I don't care how long it takes me to record. I don't care if I don't sleep the rest of my freaking life. As long as I get this motivation out to you all, all of you, every single Tuesday and Thursday, you will hear from this guy. This guy right here, you will hear from him, okay? We had a ton of fun today with our interview with Nick Soroya, a good friend of mine. An all-time lacrosse coach, seriously all-time. He's been all over the game, no doubt in my mind, the best lacrosse coach that I've ever been around, ever known, ever coached with. Seriously, just an all-around fantastic guy. He knows a ton about lacrosse. A doctorate, you know, teacher, has some great motivation for us all. So here he is, Nick Zaroya. Here we go, you guys. Today we welcome on a very special guest, the second best lacrosse coach I know. Again, yours truly would be number one. Uh, Nick Soroya, lacrosse extraordinaire. He's literally been in every single facet of the game, player, coach, every single coach, every single where, uh, great guy, Nick, what's up, man? How's it going, man? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, we're figuring out new platform. You got me on zoom. So if God forbid the listeners, I mess this up. Don't hate me. Okay. Listeners. That's you. But Nick, tell me your story. Where'd you come from? How did you get to where you are now? <laughs> there's there's a lot of a lot of ways to tell that story. I mean, the long and short of it is that I grew up obsessed with sports. My my dad put a lacrosse stick in my hand in, in like fifth grade, which in Michigan is back in two thousand and one or whatever that was. That was really early. Right. Fifth grade. Nowadays you have, you know, kids starting in like second grade over in yep. Grand Rapids and stuff like that. So <laughs> preschool. Yeah, yep. exactly. So I was pretty lucky to, to get involved early and you know, I, I didn't, I, we didn't have a lot of travel or anything like that at that time. So I pretty much just played rec and school lacrosse all the way up through high school. Um, you know, my dad was always the football guy and I, and I, he was the football coach and I kept playing for him. And I, and even my senior year, I really didn't want to. And, uh, you know, I just did it to do it. My, my, my passion was always lacrosse. I, I told my mom that, you know, I play three sports a year through high school, sometimes four, which is a lot. Yeah, it, it's a lot. And, uh, I told her the only sport that I didn't look forward to the end of the season was lacrosse. You know, I, I couldn't wait for football to end to, to get to the next thing. I couldn't wait for basketball to end to get to lacrosse season. But right. lacrosse was the only thing year round. I was like, let's, is it Keep time playing. to play lacrosse yet? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah, I didn't, I didn't tell my dad I, I didn't like football anymore. So I play, played one year of college football too. <laughs> and, <laughs> you had and, to just uh, keep going, man. At some yeah, point, exactly. you're just like, <laughs> let's just keep going. He signed me up for recruiting visits. I just went. I didn't know anything Roll about Roll with the punches, it. baby. Exactly. So, you know, I found myself at a school called Oberlin College in north, northeast, north central Ohio. Played lacrosse and football there for a year, and I absolutely hated it. It was – I was so out of my element. I didn't know who I was at the time, and I just was like, I got to get out of here. So, luckily, you know, I transferred to Michigan um, – 
you know, I'd looked at some other schools and I didn't tell my dad I was transferring. Uh, I just told my did mom. It? Yeah. My, I told my mom like, Hey, I want to do this. And she's like, you know, Oberlin's that, that's a really good academic school. Right. So like, we're not like, I mean, U of M is not far off the list though. Well, and that's the key, right? Like right. she said, <laughs> you're not transferring just anywhere. Like you still have to go to a great school. So right. luckily I got into U of M as a transfer student and, um, you know, here I am 19 years old and 30 pounds gained after not playing any sports for, for one semester. And that happens. Yeah. Luckily, uh, I was like, I, I think I want to be an athletic director someday. So I interned for a local high school and they had a lacrosse program and they asked me if I want to be the coach. So here I am 19 years old coaching kids that are like two years younger than me. In my Which is a struggle, an absolute yeah. struggle. And it was the brand new program. So we had 35 kids and, and I had never coached. I'd only played and they had never played most of them. So <laughs> it was an interesting first year. You know, my assistant was just some kid right. that was in my sports management class. And I was like, Hey man, you want to coach? And, and <laughs> did, three years later, play? you know, he'd never played before. He, he had seen, he was from California. And, and I find out three years after graduating from college, he's out in California coaching women's lacrosse because he just fell in love with it. He had That's never, wild. Yeah. He had never even really seen the game until college. So um yeah that it's just been a journey from there uh I, I graduated college with a teaching degree didn't realize how much like you know you don't do a lot of teaching as a student right so right I didn't realize how much I would not want to be a teacher at that time you know? <laughs> I thought it was going to be great thought it was going to be like all my teachers right and then I realized that you know teacher contracts they're way different now than they used to be and you don't make anything so I decided to follow that, that coaching train and I, you know, I made a couple stops at a few D one schools as a, you know, as a support staff, film coordinator, doing anything and everything to start my coaching career. I, I got my first shot as a head college coach, you know, down the street from us here at Concordia. And uh, it was a great experience, but at some point, you know, it just wasn't enough anymore. Like right. I've always been what's next kind of guy. And so, you know, nobody really knew, but while I was coaching, I had got my master's. It still wasn't enough. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this yet, but I know I'm going to do something great. So I started my doctorate and then <laughs> just keep uh, going, just, just keep, keep going, going, man. Can't you know, stop the school. Right? Exactly. So, you know, fin luckily just finished that up last month. And so I, I think we're, we'd be done with school. Right. But, uh, I was only, I wasn't even done defending my dissertation when I applied to Western. <laughs> so you say get, it's your doctorate. Yeah. Yeah. So now so, you're a doctor. Technically speaking, like. Do your students have to call you Dr. Zaroya? No, no. Most of them don't even know yet because like we've only been in school for two weeks and I just right. finished last month, but. Um, Does Green Hills know they have a gym teacher as a doctor? Yeah, I mean, they knew it was happening because, I mean, Green Hills is a special place. You know, we used to be basically the Michigan, you know, a school for, for Michigan employees to send their kids. Right, yeah. And, like, I have classes where, like, 90% of my students, their parents are doctors at U of M. Yeah. We also have a bunch of retired people from U of M, like in our science department that have PhDs in astrophysics. So it's like. That's wild. Even though, like, yeah, like. I am a doctorate at, at the school. We have like six or seven other of us at, at the school. So that's crazy. You do get that at a private, you know, a, a wealthy private school like that. That's what so, happens. That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
you know, working on that. And, and the whole thing is it, it's not, you know, I never got the doctorate to obviously to, to be a PE teacher. It's just something I did. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> going to lie to you right there. Yeah, that yeah. is an absolute quote. I, I, something I did, um, teaching PE is just something I did because it was a, it was a career I could have while finishing school and, and yeah, and still coach. And I loved right. coaching more than anything. So I was like, if I can coach, this is a great way to make a little bit of money while, while I'm finishing school, doing my research, you know, running my podcast, doing the blogging and all that stuff. It, it has the good schedule. You have summers off. Right. But ultimately, you know, the program I'm doing at Western, luckily they gave me a lot of credits. I only have to take three classes to get my superintendent's license. And, and that's ultimately the goal is to work my way up to being a superintendent. So, right. I saw that list that came out recently. Did you see um, that of the, how much the superintendents get paid? Yeah. Yeah. So holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, uh, I saw it too. I've seen it for years and, and it was, there was, I a was mind real, blown. yeah, there was a real, it was a real struggle for me to figure out how to take my degrees and my passions and combine them to make uh, how do I put this to make a living that fits my lifestyle? Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, hell man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've, we spent enough time together, you know, I mean, I like nice things. I like to do nice things. I love to travel. So you worked for, I mean, how long did you go to school for? If you just finished? I mean, two, I mean, I, the thing is too, is like after undergrad, I, I always worked full time while, right. while going to school, but, and coached and I mean, I think, if you look at the total number of credits, I'll just do it in years. I can't even do the credits. It's a couple hundred credits, but that's, <laughs> that's I've been insane. in school for, for nine years total. Oh yeah. Well, and like I said, it's something you, you got to do like the masters, you know, it's funny that at the time I was getting my masters, it was specifically like in sport management to be an athletic director. Cause that was my sole goal. Right. And uh, then again, like I became an athletic director and I was like, this is okay. But right. This isn't really what I want to do. And, and I think that's just, that's just life, man. You, you don't always get, everything doesn't go to plan, obviously. What's next, right? What's yeah, next? Exactly. So we're always moving forward. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, I pivot a lot and you just got to go with the flow. I mean, it's not always gone perfectly, but you know, it is what it is. I've had a ton of jobs for only a year and I, I always left on a good note. I never, I was never fired. I just that's, decided that's big time. That's big yeah. Time. I, I just said, you know what? This has been a great year. Another another year of experience doing something else in a different place. And you know, like you what's said, next? what what's next? That's it's kind of been my motto. So you know, when everybody was getting their masters, I was like, man, it's not really special to have a masters anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, it's who true. doesn't? I mean, who doesn't at this have a point, masters? you might as well just if you get a masters, finish the doctorate. Well, and that's the thing too, is the coursework wasn't hard. I mean, typically it takes two and a half, three years to do the coursework. I did it in a year and a half because I was double, triple stacking my schedule while teaching. And at that time I was coaching college lacrosse, teaching, you know, uh, exercise science courses and taking courses. And Which I was a, like, a lot of work. I was like, yeah, I can do that. School's never been difficult. And then the paper comes up where you have to write your dissertation. And, and that took pretty much a year and a half in itself. Which is how many pages? That. It's, it's a little over a hundred, which in terms of dissertations is not, it's not a lot. Um, That's not, I mean, it, it's a fair amount. You know that you wouldn't describe 120 
something page paper has a it's, lot? Listen, in terms of doctorates, it's a decent amount, but I've seen ones that are much longer. How long? I mean, I've seen ones up to like 250 pages. It really depends, you know, on the type of research, because if you're doing scientific work, sometimes like each page is like one chart, one table. That's true. Okay. Fair. So it does inflate it. And, you know, if I've seen papers with 30 pages of just, you know, just from the, the citations. Right. right. So that, that wasn't me. But um, yeah, it was about 30,000 words and uh, it was, it was probably the hardest thing. I've, it's the only time in school where I ever thought like, am I going to quit this? Yeah, I said, this is it. Like, <laughs> because, and I realized, you know, people always say like, it's easy to start the doctorate, which it is. It totally is easy. You just send them a check and have yeah. a decent GPA and your master's and you're good to go. But it is so hard to finish the actual dissertation because there's so many there's so much red tape there's so many people in the way you know life gets in the way and it just takes forever but you know i was so relieved that when it was finally done and, right you know it's like uh, like i and i i shit you not the first thing i said to myself was what's next what's next and so i applied is to there five, i don't yeah. know is there another thing no no i mean i could get another one but no so the thing is you in could michigan if you're, is there a term for that? Like a no, double have, doctor? No, I mean, I don't know. You're I know just that, doctor. I know some people that have that, but like, it's still just doctor. It's just doctor. I feel and, like there should be another title. No, I mean, the only re, the only way I would ever let someone call me doctor, because I'm not an asshole, right. is it, it, it's in an academic setting. So right. like if I was teaching a college course, like, sure. If someone wants to, I've never corrected somebody. When I had a master's, people would call me doctor because they're just used to calling their professors doctors. Like, yeah, that's, just, I don't, I don't call my professors anything else besides doctor. Exactly. So, you know, unless you're an asshole, I'm not going on to like the plane and I don't mark right. doctor and just, I want for doctor. Someone. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I do awesome. joke with my wife though. Cause she's, you know, she actually works in the health profession. I always joke with her that on the Christmas cards, I'm going to write, you know, doctor and Mrs. Zoroya, even though she's, she's just about a actual medical doctor (laughs) (laughs) and and I'm just like a educational guy. I never, honestly, that never even crossed my head, but I honestly think you should do it. It's next level petty, but I I could, I could do it. It's true. I like being married more than I like being a doctor. Well, more than I like that idea, at least more than (laughs) that's awesome. So, you're a coach right now. You're in school. You know, you're teaching. How are you keeping the people you work with and the kids you work with motivated during all of this shit that's going on right now? It's tough, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, we're not in person at all right now. Right. And, and you know how Michigan has been with the, with the sports stuff. So it's very fluid. And I think, you know, the, the weird thing was, too, is that I had only gotten a week with my team, at, you know, a new team who doesn't know me at all. So we haven't had that time to like build up like the idea of being resilient and and just going with the flow. But I think the only way you can really approach it is just to be positive and, and act like things are somewhat normal. Right. Because if you go into every day thinking like, man, this sucks. We're still in this quarantine thing. Right. It's the mindset. Yeah. Like that's, that's the only way that they're going to think of it. So you just got to lead by example and and you got to, keep the keep it positive and I, I think that's really all you can do at this point is is try to make things feel as normal as possible I mean heck we even started for for the middle school kids we take turns monitoring a zoom lunchroom 
Right. So they can go in and we just, you know, we don't even pay attention. We just, we open it up for them and that's just a way for them to see each other right. on their lunch Still break. trying to be kids as much as they yeah, can. Exactly. Be. You know, that's exactly right. So that, that allows them to talk and chat and, and still get some of that, you know, community that they're missing right, right now when they're at home. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, we've got a lot of different plans for going back and it's just, you know, it's a matter of time, but you know, it's just not, you can't always, you know, we always say what's next, but you can't live every single day waiting for the next thing. Cause then you won't enjoy that day. So right. if we focus too much on when are we going back and what are we going to do tomorrow? Then, then every day is basically wasted. Right. And I think, you know, I think you're a lot of your what's next is even as much as how am I going to get better? You know, yeah, for sure. It's a hundred percent. What's the next challenge? So, right. Like yours is always something like, Oh, like I don't really give a shit about this. It's you're like, Oh, I want to do better than this. I'm here. I'm at, I just finished college. I just finished my master's degree. You know, not I do my doctorate and you just keep getting better and better and better and going up and up, which I think is awesome. You know, it's a, it's a great way to look at things of yeah, how it, am I going to get better? It, it's interesting too, because you know, it started off, you know, I was the, I was a first generation college student too. Congratulations. So it wasn't just, thanks. It just, it wasn't just, you know, my dad put this into me too. He, he just said like school is basically the most important thing. Cause at 17, he joined the army and, and that's basically was his life for a very right. long time. And so he really didn't want that for me. He wanted me to go do something else. You know, he wanted to use my, my brain instead of my body to, to make a living. Right. And so, you know, it was really more of, you know, school, you know, I was always afraid to go home if I got less than an A. So it was just easier to get A's than to, than to go <laughs> home <laughs> and, and to get see my dad. Yeah. So, you know, it was just, that's just the way it was. So you finish school and you, and you go, you know, you go to undergrad and it was the same thing every time. It was just like, this is, this isn't too tough. Let's just keep right, going. Keep going. And, and for sure there, there became a point where I was like, I need to figure out how to turn this into something. But at the same time, I've also had like a, a huge over the last five years or so, a huge just mentality shift. It used to be like, I wanted to be 25 and have the white picket fence and be married and have three kids. Right. That's not at all how life happened, but it's also like, I don't want that anymore. <laughs> right. Either. Things like change. I'm 31. I still have a lot of time ahead of me, hopefully. hopefully. And <laughs> I would hate that. Like I look back now and I would hate to hang out with myself 10 years ago because like we are just not aligned in what we want. Yeah. Like I used to be like, let's just, you know, let's get a great job. Let's, let's just make money and let's just coast for the rest of life. Like right. let's, let's take my two vacations a year. Let's buy a bunch of stuff yep. and that'll be happy. And like, I think the, the mentality shift has been like, especially over the past, even like six months, has switched to more of like a minimalist idea. Like I, I, I'm way more about experiences over things. Yep. You know, I have family in Europe. I, I, I was born in Europe. So I, I like to go back over there, back and forth. Obviously, you know, I had to cancel a trip during COVID. I was supposed to go Damn for two shame. weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I, I took this time during quarantine as well. And if you want to talk about staying motivated during quarantine. Hell yeah. That was my next question. You read my mind, Nick. You read Yeah. My, so doctor, here we are, doctor. right? It's, it's March and we're sitting there and it's funny. Your podcast is about motivation and, and le leadership. My doctorate's in leadership. So 
I t- my wife was like, what are you going to talk about? I was like, pretty much the thing that I've been studying for the past. <laughs> yeah, for the last, I'm going to put it to for the some past, good use for my 120 for page. podcast. Yeah, this is, I've been all this, studying my whole life for this podcast. That's, that's the dream, right? That's, that's my dream. I want people like you on here <laughs> to keep motivating each other. Well, so here we are in March, right? And everyone's freaking out. And here I am in teaching a high school, like public health class because we have weird stuff and we're talking about spread of communicable diseases and like a week later here it is right we hear about we hear about covid and i'm like is this not like the the most eerie thing ever that that we're learning about this in this class and right. all of a sudden we're talking about shutdowns and and all this other stuff so um we we get online and a lot of my coworkers, you know, especially the the older ones that are setting their ways and they're just used to showing up to work and putting in, you know, their eight hours in the in the building and then going home. Now we're at home and technology is a big thing. And so I decided and I tweeted about this a while ago. I was like, is anybody else thriving right now? Because I know for some people this has been awful. And I totally appreciate that and understand that. Me personally. It's been fantastic. Because, Which is awesome. Yeah, because and it's an outlook thing. Like I was right. I was like, hmm, what do I want to get done? And there's literally I have a list. What do I want to get done during this quarantine? And I, I have no idea how long it's gonna last. Right. So number one, finish grad school. I was like, I have no excuses. I'm I'm at a computer eight hours a day. There's no reason I can't get this finished. Right. Now, was that a stumbling block when I reach out to people to answer surveys and stuff and they have so much going on in their lives? Yes. Right. But we we made it happen. Two was, you know, we, we sold our house recently because the market for some reason is outstanding right now. It is, it is unbelievable. So we're moving in with the in-laws temporarily while we find the forever home, but right. we were like, let's cash out. So we did that. I probably donated, sold, or threw away, recycled 50% of everything that I personally own. Which is amazing. Yeah. It's just an idea. I was like, man, that's been in my closet for like the last seven years. Yep. What, when am I going to use it? Right. <laughs> if so I didn't I'm, use it then I'm not going to use it now. You know, watch a Netflix special next week. I was Marie Kondoing my house. Right. Okay? And you know, I, I, I try not to annoy my wife. She deserves nice things. And I tell her, if you really want a new purse, go get yourself a new purse. <laughs> but if you could also like get rid of one of those ones in the bottom of the closet that you haven't used in 10 years, right. like, <laughs> that would also like make me happy. Cause now I'm stressing out about how much stuff is in the house. Right now. So, now you're like, ah, shit, we got too much stuff. Even though I got rid of half of it. Right. So, you know, we finished school, we're working online. We're, you know, we're like, what, what else can we do? And so uh, my friend and I, we decided, you know, we've been coaching in the industry for a long time. We know a lot of people, we like to think we know what we're talking about. So we start a podcast, we start a blog. Um, I volunteer to work for two other blogs to work on my writing and just right. to learn a little bit about social media and digital content. And then, uh, you know, finish school last month and decide, you know, what's next. And, you know, I've always been in, in decent shape as an athlete, right. You know, as an O lineman, you know, you, you're never really skinny. They pack the pounds on you. Right. You're never really skinny. And as a lacrosse player, there's always kind of like I'd naturally, that would be my slim season, right? Right. Before <laughs> big again. Beach season. So we just, I decided what's next. All right. I'm finally going to do it. I'm finally going to commit to, you know, I did it for the wedding. And then as soon as the wedding was over, it was right back to, you know, 
No, you got you have the ring on the finger. You are set. That's been my dream. Exactly. Well, the thing is, it's one thing to to ease up on the diet as long as you're working out. But during quarantine, I didn't work out nearly enough. The gyms were closed. What did they expect you to do? You know, gyms closed. I, I bought a little stuff. Yeah, I, I bought a few things for the house. Did my best, but it really just. That was the big struggle. I could do everything else pretty well, stay motivated, but my energy levels physically were just gassed. And yeah. so the big thing now that the gyms are open, it's a perfect time. You know, everything else is kind of set up. The, the house is sold, uh, you know, simplifying life quite a bit. We're, we're teaching online. I have a flexible schedule. What better time now to, to commit to, to fitness all of a sudden? So now the next goal is, you know, a lifelong goal. I've, I've never seen my abs. That's the goal? So, so let's do it. Yeah, that's the next thing. Why not? I mean, there's so it, it's a very vain thing, but it's just another challenge, right? Like, right. That, that's a challenge. I've never exactly. seen my abs either. Exactly. And I have... I have the know-how. I just got to stop being lazy and do it. You you do. You have the knowledge how to do it. Like if if there's anybody out there that knows how to, the, what workout to do. Yeah. I I understand the physiology of it and and how (laughs) to make. That's cheating. That's not fair. Now, now it's not as, now it's not as fun. It's not as fair for me. Listen, it's just as hard for me, whether I know how to do it or not. It's just as hard for me to not eat a double cheeseburger as it is for you. So it is true. Like, that's that always true. the thing. It's always been the, the diet. The exercise has never been the problem. So abs are made in the kitchen, right? Exactly. We'll see what happens. But, you know, that's just the next the next challenge, if you will, just to push myself next year. It's to run the half marathon. I like that. the year after that. It's to write a book. You know, I, but I don't want to write a book just to write a book. That's why I gave myself two years is to get you, more you, stuff in your book. Well, not only that, but like, I want to do something meaningful. I don't want to write it just to write it. I want to be one of these guys offering free downloads for my, my, my inside sales book. book. (laughs) Exactly. Download my book for free. Send you a hard copy. (laughs) Like nothing against those guys. Those guys are grinding. It clearly works. It's just like, I want to provide something with a value. So I I want to take my time with it. That's awesome. Um, What is your book going to be about? Just like, who knows, man, who knows, man? I think. I, I think like the, the initial idea is, you know, if you want to talk about life, Let's just, like get into your, it. just like at your birthday, I can, I can get philosophical with you like I did with all the other Irish Catholics that were sitting around the table that night <laughs> <laughs> talking about my views on that stuff. But uh, to keep it simple, the, the main idea I have is because I speak with so many coaches on the podcast right? and, and that's kind of, you know, the direction we're going in is to kind of have a collective you know a big collection of their experiences where each coach gets to tell a story about the, them coaching and maybe a life-changing moment and how that it all just came together in their own chapter and like I would just kind of you know do the intro and have my chapter about you know my experience as a coach and why I coach and lead into their experiences so that a younger coach could read it and and maybe they don't relate with every chapter but they relate with multiple chapters and right it's it's not some coaching guru spitting like what we already know this is what you're supposed to do that's great if everything goes to plan but what really happens you know right you know like my one friend what happens when your kids are off campus at a party in the middle of the night and one of them gets stabbed by a random kid at the party what do you do that's not covered in the regular coaching books. So, you know, crisis management might be, but like, let's put that into practice. So, you know, using the, the unique experiences of of all sorts of different coaches and, and just put them together 
in a nice neat package, I think would be a fun way to, to get a book made. I think also, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully I'm back on here in three years and you're super successful and interviewing people from bachelor universe and uh, bachelor nation, baby. <laughs> and we uh, love bachelor nation and, and we're pitching my book, but who knows, man? I mean, that's right. So we'll tell me a little happens. bit more about the podcast. Who have you been having on the show? You know, for the people that don't know about it, what is it? Yeah. So obviously, if you don't know anything about lacrosse, it, it's, it's a good podcast, but you probably won't relate to it a lot. Right. Because um, we do keep it pretty much about lacrosse. Which is so we, we do anything from, uh, we do anything from, from simple game recaps where we talk about games. And, and, you know, if you think about like, you know, football, pro football focus or whatever, whatever that's called, we're, we're kind of like that. We're kind of like a talk show for lacrosse, the industry, whether it be pro college or whatever, we do focus more on, you know, the NAIA D3, D2, the MCLA schools, schools that don't get as much love because there's so much, there's so many people out there already doing stuff about D1. I mean, right. D1 or bust for so many people. We think that we can get a much bigger and more passionate market by not focusing on D1. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had a great episode, our, our second episode ever. We interviewed uh, a great coach from Brevard College who happened to be African-American about diversity in the sport. And that's to this day, probably our most listened to episode. You know, it's got, it's, it's going to get up to close to 2000 views and it's only, or listens. And it's only been about eight weeks. That's awesome. So for, for us, that's a huge number and yeah. it continues to be, you know, it's it's an article it's a it's an interview that's very candid but it also will be relevant i think for a long time especially with what's going on right now absolutely and then we've also interviewed you know pro players after their tournaments you know talk about their story like you like to do we we talk about their story how they got to where they are and then we we relate it back to what's going on now and then most recently because there is no lacrosse right now and we don't know when fall lacrosse will or if it will start. Right. We've been doing a big series where we interview people from all over the world and see what the sport is like in their individual countries. So, so far, we've done Israel, Slovenia, Serbia, Japan, and Denmark. See, and it's been really cool. That's the thing. Like, I, when I think lacrosse, I just don't think of different countries. Right. And that came up all. in our Japanese interview is that, Americans don't have to think outside of that because they have so much lacrosse around them right in their bubble that why would they ever need to think about what people in Europe are doing they, right. they don't need to it they're not forced to and so it, it's crazy because like in Denmark and Slovenia maybe 50 to 100 people play in Japan like 18,000 people play like they have over 100 club teams and you would really have, yeah and see exactly that's the reaction that we want it's that's why we're doing it, is to show some some people you know shed light to what's going right. on everywhere else and you know it's great because these relationships i've built up have led to a lot of opportunities you know when i go to europe next year it was supposed to just be to visit my grandmother and, and some cousins in, in right. germany and now instead i will be doing that but now i'm going to be going to the european lacrosse championships in poland and getting to meet half of the people that we interviewed uh, get to work the event and that'll be so cool. Yeah. Hopefully fingers crossed. I might end up being an assistant coach for one of these teams at some point. So, so, um, so that, that would be moving to Europe. No, no. So the, the way lacrosse works, it's, it's, if you think about it kind of like from an Olympic sense, not every country has a coach like that lives there. 
Okay. So when you think about soccer, right? Some right. some smaller countries that are less developed, they don't have a strong coaching tree. Right. They will hire a coach from England or Spain or France. I didn't know so, that. The like more you know. Of, exactly. A lot of these Eastern European countries, you know, they either get lucky and somebody moves over there for work or some, you know, maybe from, from an army base is over there. But right. most of the time they're flying Canadians over there, you know, a year, uh, once or twice a year. And, you know, like I said, I already go to Europe once. I, I want to go twice a year. So I, I, I'm happy to make a pit stop. Right. You know, God, God forbid to you have to take and, one more trip, right? Exactly. I mean, like if I you said, have to, you will give up a lot of things <laughs> and focus on travel is not a bad thing. No, that um, doesn't sound bad at all. Yeah, It doesn't sound bad. That's kind of the dream. If I, if I could teach remotely and just travel the world, I, I totally would, but that COVID's going to end at some points. So. And I know, and we're going to be back in it. Exactly. We're going to be in person. So, you know, that's just kind of the thing is it's very interesting to see the other perspectives of other people all around the world. And, and, you know, with lacrosse making their Olympic push, uh, I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't interested in getting in with a country and and doing everything I can to help them reach the Olympics. And then I get to do, you know, the Olympic thing in LA in 2028. So was, was, lacrosse going to be in the olympics this year or wasn't it like was it a no 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 they're 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 big push i believe and you you can quote me on this if you want i will quote i believe it's 2028 is the first serious chance of it being like a full sport i think that they're going to do an exhibition at one of the upcoming games either this one or the next one Okay, that's uh, what I was wondering. Yeah, if it was like an expedition or something that was going to happen. Yeah, so they're they're going to work on an exhibition, and you know they're doing everything right. They're going through. They went through a thing called Sport Accord, which is like for emerging sports to to become Olympic sports. They're going to be playing at the World Games in L- in I believe it's in it's in the South. I don't okay. remember. It's next year. I think it's in Alabama. Uh, you know they got invited there, so the top eight men's and women's teams in the world are going to be playing there. And again, that's like a warm up for the Olympics. The only big thing is in, in the lacrosse community is can the native Americans play or not? Because they're, you know, even though North America, Canada and the U S treat them as their own individual nations, that's a little bit of a gray area when it comes to the Olympic committee, having, you know, right. Native, native cultures and not represented by what they consider one of their member nations. Uh, play. so that's a big thing that's happening. And, and, in, in a matter of a month or so, they were able to – at first, they weren't allowed to go to these games in, in Alabama. And the basically, social media stepped up, made a lot of noise, got the right people involved, and uh, they basically got the Olympic Committee and the U.S. Olympic Committee and the World Games, the World Lacrosse, uh, all involved – and they made it so they are going to be playing. In, they, they would be eligible to play in the game. Mm-hmm. And the only issue then was that there were eight teams already going. And you'd have right. to basically tell one of them, like, you're not in anymore. And who's going to want to give up that spot? So Seriously. just I think it was two weeks ago now, Ireland stepped up and said, we will drop out and make room for them because they created the game in the first place. True. It wouldn't be... Ireland. Yeah, it wouldn't be a game. It wouldn't be a competition without them. Right. So it was huge, huge for Ireland. And obviously the, you know, the Native American population in, or the least in the lacrosse community has been extremely gracious for, for that act. And, right. and so has everybody else. 
I mean, if you go on social media, you'll see, uh, you know, you'll see the Iroquois uh, mascot, the logo on like a green shirt. And mm-hmm. they've been doing a lot of stuff like that to like, you know, basically they're marketing it together as in like the two countries becoming one for, for this specific, you know, event in history. So that's so it, cool. Though. It's extremely cool that, that that's happened, but yeah, that's the, you know, they're only a few steps away from being in the Olympics, but the, the rule changes are a big deal. You know, the game's going to look very different because they want it to be, you know, easier to have at the Olympics more or less. So that I'm, I'm very excited for that. I think having the cross will be a big time game. Obviously it'd be a summer game. Would- yeah. Yeah. And the thing about it is too, that people don't understand, like, it's not just about like, Oh, we're in the Olympics. That's cool. Cause we used to be in the Olympics a long time ago. Really? Basically before, I think it was before world war one and world war two lacrosse used to be in the Olympics and they took it out. Yeah, basically. I don't, I couldn't tell you the history on that. I haven't done enough research, but doctor we'll be going back. Right. And the thing that people don't understand, it's not just cool that we'd be in the Olympics. It's the funding, you know, when you become an Olympic sport, your government actually usually supports you in some way with funding right now. I think there's only one or two countries where there's some kind of government funding being given to, to the national teams. Okay. So these, these guys have to try out to be on the national team. They have to play, they have to pay basically like you're, you're a club lacrosse player. They have to pay oh. three, five, whatever grand it takes to, to, to play, get, yeah. to get the gear, to travel. They have to pay their own way and they do it just because they love it. Now, obviously that's huge because once it's an Olympic sport, countries want to win. Right. And lacrosse is this sport where it's not like soccer where like 50 countries can be relevant. Right. Because everybody can play soccer. It's a sport where like eight to 12 countries are currently relevant. And really there's four countries at the very top. And then there's another tier. Who's the four? I was going to ask. So the four four is Canada. Right. Okay. The U S the Iroquois. Let me guess. Let me guess last one. Okay. Denmark. (laughs) I, I wish, I wish my buddies in Denmark would, would hear that, but no, it's not Denmark. It's um, and I'm struggling honestly. France. Big, no, you're gonna. I think it's Australia or England, but Austria. Okay, okay, okay. That's fair. Yeah, I, you're gonna you're gonna have to go ahead and <laughs> edit this part out. No, this is this is gonna <laughs> no, be the best there's part. No way. No, there's no way. People are gonna it's, like this part. No, no, it can't sound this stupid. They're you gonna be like, like, no, this this keeps it real. Here I am googling it, so I say the right country. That's a good thing to do, though. That's the smart thing. You don't want to say the wrong one. So yeah. at this point, you'll make sure it's a 100% thing. So I've been DMing back and forth mm-hmm. with a bunch of guys from the PLL to come on the show. Yeah. Do you need help? I do need help because like five of these scumbags said oh, they'd come easy. on the show and then easy. they don't respond back after they said they'd come on the show. Easy. They're very, they're very busy guys. You know, most of them have a full-time job right. on wall street or something like that. You so. have a full-time job. Yeah. You're but I, show. but I sit at a computer all day. That's fine. Some of these, like who has been on your show? Uh, I haven't, I only had uh miles Silva so far from the outlaws. Okay. But, uh, Cause I was about to be like, if one of these guys went on your show and they told me they were going to come on this one and the people on the motivation magnet, they want to hear from them. <laughs> so we have a couple outlaws that, that will come on our show. We have a couple uh, redwoods that will come on our show. Yep. 
So after the show, you can tell me who you want, and, and we can see if we can't make that happen for you. But I will. So yeah, for going my back, listeners, for going, you listeners, <laughs> this is what I do for you. So going back to yeah, the the way the countries kind of pan out, it's definitely the U.S., Canada, Iroquois, and then Australia. I didn't know then, Australia was big in the cross. Yeah, no, actually, they've had it for for a long time, and there used to be a lot of guys playing college lacrosse here in America that would come over from Australia. It's not as common anymore, but you know, early two thousands, mid two thousands, you'd get you'd get quite a few guys. But you know, after that, you know, it's kind of the what they call the blue division. You know, England and Scotland are in there too. They're both they're both solid. Israel, Japan, Germany, also solid. Ireland as well. Uh, after that, there's just such a big jump. So like as a country, like, you know, if you're Latvia and you're like, we're tired of like being average at soccer, right? You could put a 10th of the money you put into soccer, into lacrosse, and you could be a top 20 lacrosse team in the con- in the world, which is, which awesome. is something for that country. You know what right. I mean? So uh, that's just kind of the thing is it's almost like a value sport. Like we could stop always losing at soccer and try and win something like you we could spend a little bit less money on soccer and still lose a lot in soccer and then actually <laughs> win at something else <laughs> i like that's that. just, just the take thing. away some of it and then we're good well i mean so many teams play soccer that's easy to be average right i agree and then, unless you're in spain or i mean there's so much everybody i mean who won Absolutely. the world cup Dude, you're asking the wrong guy. Unless yeah, I'm Germany, not a soccer guy. Unless, somebody no, unless Germany wins, Italy, I'm not, Spain. Unless Germany's in it, I'm not watching. So, yeah, so whoever won. Care. Okay, so this was all. If you got one more piece of advice, what would that be? You know, to stay motivated, do anything, whatever it is. What would it be for the listeners? Yeah, honestly, if I could give you one piece of advice, it's just don't get in your own. Don't get in your own way. Don't overthink things. You know, there. There's many times where I thought about doing whatever it is I was doing. And, and I could have found a thousand reasons not to do it. And instead I just did it. I mean, you can always go back later. You know, there's always, there's always a chance to go back, but just, just go for it. You know, you know I like I, that. What, what's the, you know, find your, find, find out whatever you want to do. And then as soon as you're done with it, don't stop, figure out what's next. Right. Figure out what's next. I like that. Okay. Nick, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, you're the man. Thanks buddy. Huge shout out to Nick for coming on the show. I really, really liked what he had to say about, you know, what's next. And even like we talked about on it, it wasn't like a what's next. Okay. I'll like, forget this. I'm done. It's like, uh, how am I going to get better? You know, what else is out there for me to push myself to my limit and to keep chasing those dreams. And, you know, it sounds like he's got his plan on track. He has got his podcast. that's doing phenomenally well. I'm excited to see that go big time, go to the moon just like the motivation magnet. But seriously, thanks to Nick for coming on. A ton of fun. Let's go over these five daily reminders real quick, and then we're hopping into the song of the day. But number one, you are amazing. Number two, you can and will achieve anything. Three, positivity is a choice. Make the right choice, just like Nick said. You got to be positive. Right now, we need positivity more than anything, okay? Number four, your limitations are only in your imagination. Don't set limitations on yourself. They're not real. Five, Don't settle, period. Don't settle for anything. Know your standards. Keep them high. Okay? That next song of the day I got going for me right now is Cool Jonas Brothers. Honestly, you guys, if I had to say the best band to ever walk the face of this earth, you know what I'm going to say? I might get hate for this. 
I might see the Twitter going off about it. Jonas Brothers. Yeah, I said it. It's true. It's real. You can't tell me that this new album that they have, maybe not new a year ago, has been absolute fire. Absolute fire. Seriously, everything about it's fire. I'll say fire a thousand times. Why? Because I can. Great, great song. Great album. Yeah, I said it. Jonas Brothers, best band of all time. But that's the show today, guys. That's the show. Nick was awesome. We've got some big things coming out soon. Uh, like I've said before, keep being positive. Keep peeping. Keep. What did I just say? Sometimes, like I said, guys, I'm not going to sleep. Am I messing my words up? Yeah. Am I going to edit this? No. Why? Because I keep it real for you guys. I keep it real. Okay. Keep bringing people up. We need to make the right choice. What's that right choice? That right choice is being positive. Okay. We need the positivity. Be positive. Be nice to each other. Love each other. Share my podcast, share this show, share this episode to each other so we can keep bringing each other up, okay? Again, you want to come on the show? I'll say it a thousand times. Come on the show. Come tell me your story. I want to hear it. I want to hear from everybody, okay? Let's talk. Let's get on the show, and let's share how you're chasing your dreams, okay? Stay positive, you guys. Cheers.